with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International, wherever you are. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way in the beautiful land of the castles in the red dragon whales mr steve I don't think we've got any red whales sure don't you get red whales red dragons probably well we've got like, plenty of red dragons in fact she's just gone to bed <laughs> she can't hear me you better not I hope she ever listens to the show nobody listens to the show uh, that's true too right all six of them Anyway, good evening, listeners, wherever you are. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, wherever you are, get yourself a cold. Sounds like no, no, it's the cat, it's sitting on the chair behind me, it's washing its butt. Oh, you are, you are not allergic to cats. No, we've got two cats. Yeah, can, can she say something to us? Uh, you know, I mean, you, you're an animal communicator. You Hang can... on a minute. Can say you something. Get say something? Yeah. No. 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 Oliver, speak. Yeah. No, he doesn't want to. It's a you know a minion of the witches. Wow. So. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounded so real. I tell you. No, like... no, no. If I if I meow, he sometimes talks back. Wow. Wow. Oh. You miss paranormal pussy. That's what it is. You still have her? Oh yeah, she's in the office. Yep, that lovely cat that uh, with an EMF meter built inside her. Yeah. yeah. It took me, do you know, I'd had it a month before I found the off switch. Oh, God, no. <laughs> well, where would you think that the on off switch was going to be? Up its butt, undoubtedly. Exactly. <laughs> but it isn't. It was, what? No, it's what? not up its butt. Oh, damn. All right. Yeah. Here you yeah, go. Moving on. Yeah, moving on before we lose the last six listeners. Anyway. Well, we've already been accused of being overly skeptical. Yes. We answered that last week, I believe. Very well, I thought. Anyway. But yes, we did. We 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 believe in stuff. Fairies, the lock. I'll believe in anything if there's a buck in it. <laughs> Why are you doing chasing ghosts? And that's a mistake right there. <laughs> Because that oh. new film's coming out next uh, March, isn't it? What is? Uh, the fourth Ghostbusters movie. Already? Yeah, apparently. Is it, uh, uh, is, uh, is it a follow-up got... on the last one? Yes. Oh, cool. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of nervous now because, you know, look what Disney did to Star Wars and yeah. the Marvel franchise. I think yeah. we don't want a franchise. The last movie was good, except it's... The last movie, movie was very good, but... Except to the very end, the the the, the loss of uh, Ramus, and they just made that a little... It was a bit... 
yeah over the top it was a little over the top i'm sorry it was just a little too uh, much. it was it was very um corny whatever you want to call it <sighs> sentimental yeah but way too much you know they could have done it and, and you got the point without dribbling I, yeah, the way they yeah. Did. possible i no i think i agree but i'm a bit i'm a bit nervous about this next one if i'm honest why is that well <sighs> It's just this, you know, Disney and Star Wars and Marvel. Oh, yeah, you think they're going to beat it to death? I think it could end up beaten to death to uh, the point where nobody jump wants in the to shark, as they say. Have to wait and see, I suppose. Dylan's excited. He's always excited. I think he's born yeah. excited. He's a big fan. Dylan is like a, a little kid on Christmas morning all the time. You mean. Disappointed. <laughs> that too, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it is nearly that time. It, you know, I, I I was that kid on Christmas morning. I think mm. I was perpetually disappointed. Oh, poor boy. I was never well, disappointed, ever. Well, I always... Still not. It's got better, but as a kid, I always wanted a train set, and I never got one. Really? Mm. Yeah. I still have. Weird. Weird. I weird. Have yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Ron had one. I have one. Everyone has one. Yeah. Trinks. Anyway. Uh, move Except, me. Except me. Except for you, you poor boy. Yeah. So if you're looking for something to give Steve for Christmas this year, send him a trade set. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, even as an adult, I keep hoping for a train set one year. Oh, I guess so. Darn. Next time you come over, I'll let you play with mine. Huh. Yeah. The, the next time I come over, I'm still watching those airfares, and they're showing no signs of going down. You know, we could we could do it is set up the train set in a haunted location and put all little instruments on it working remotely, and we could have our train do our work for us. We sat and drink tea and ate crisps and... There you go, and the, the train. I'm sorry, crisps. What are crisps? You're an American. Don't, you don't, don't know what crisps are. I don't even know and don't care. Anyway. <laughs> so what's the show about, Ron? Uh, train sets, evidently. Uh, okay. So so we could have this train. I mean, I, I've seen them use remote uh, cars. and on, Well, they use drones now. I mean, that's that's a gimme. Well, I, re- I remember on an episode of Most Haunted once, we... Um, one of the at the location there was a floor of a building that um because the building was so ancient and unsafe nobody could sheer health and safety you you weren't allowed to walk on it um and so i had a tamiya radio rc tank and uh of course the tank has got a turret and the gun can traverse up, down, round, round, and the thing can move. Um, so with a little modification, we mounted a camera to where the gun had formerly been onto the gun traverse. Oh, cute. And um, we we used that to try and get some footage. Yeah. I don't think it was ever shown, though. Um, but it was, you know, a way of... And then it was we did use it at another location... Uh, but it wasn't filmed. It was for our benefit, mm. um, where we needed to get between 
there was a, a very narrow gap between two walls, like a false wall. Yeah. Like the we, White House has got. Um, we, used, uh, we used those cameras, the flex cameras. We used those. The, the yeah, well, this was a much longer. You know, we were yeah. talking at like 50 yards. Yeah. So we used the RC tank, the Tamir tank there, but we, we'd had a, a during one of the tests, um, it had malfunctioned and we, so on the, no, no. Uh, what we also had was a, um, tank retriever. Polyester, <laughs> well, yeah, a polyester fishing line tied to the back of the tank. So you could pull me. it back out again. There you go. You kill me. How the hell we get on this? <clears throat> anyway, what are you drinking? I'm dying, is what I'm di- doing. So, I mean, you must have did this at, at night because it was oh, <laughs> it was at most haunted. <laughs> Excuse me, gosh. Everything at night was, everything on most haunted was done at night. Actually, it wasn't, but the audience believed it was. Did you did do any film in the daytime? Yeah. Uh, actually, no, not very much. Uh, no. Most of the most of the filming was was actually, you know, they did a lot of the location stuff and the general shots and Yvette's bits of camera and all that sort of stuff and the intros. <laughs> you know, that's got so many connotations, by the way. Yvette's bits. Has it? Yes, you can't say that in the States. You'll be sued. Really? Yes. Yvette did lots of bits to camera. Oh, you can't say bits. You said Yvette's bits, so you can't say that. Oh, Yvette Yvette was notorious for doing the bits during the daytime. I'm sure she was, but that's besides the point. Okay, so that's the point. But anyways, I came across this article and it, it was t- talking about uh, when is the best time to go ghost hunting. And, you know, if you ask anybody, they'll always tell you, you know, it's uh, nighttime. And uh, you and I have talked about it before that that's not necessarily true, is it? Well, I'd rather talk about Yvette's bits, actually. I know, but we're not going to. <laughs> I'm going to try and say bits as often as I can in the show. Now, good. So what's um, your take on this? Well, what's your bit? <laughs> if if I was being my um, usual skeptical self, which I've been accused of being. On numerous no, times, not you. They must I, 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 I would argue that. Um, there is sufficient evidence to suggest that the phenomena can take place any time of by day or by night. However, if you look historically, uh, and this is why people do associate um, ghostly phenomena to be at night. You think back to Athenodorus and down in Athens all those years ago, Mm-hmm. When he set the candle up on the table and sat down at his desk and dismissed his students and waited for darkness. And if you think about, you know, you think about the, think about all of the classic ghost stories by Dickens. Think of like all the gothic horror. It was the midnight hour. Because that's what it is. It's horror. It's, it's made to be that way. Yeah, but that that just doesn't come out of nowhere. Because uh, the, and it comes about because psychologically at night we are 
at um, our week, our weakest. You know, in the dark, things feel, or you know, familiar things feel unnatural to us. But you also misinterpret more in the dark. Well, saying that, I just said shapes, familiar things can feel unfamiliar. Shapes and shadows that can take on unusual forms. They can trick us into thinking that there's somebody there. So it's natural that the, the writers picked up on that. But also, psychologically, it's not just what we see around us. It is a time of day when ordinarily we're not normally awake. So, and interestingly, uh, an interesting statistic, you're more likely to die at night than you are during the day. Unless, of course, you're crossing a, an interstate. Mm-hmm. Then you're more likely to die during the day. Because, because most crimes are occurring at night because it's dark under the cover of darkness. Mm-hmm. Most mi- uh, military attacks take place at night under the cover of darkness. Mm-hmm. We, we are not creatures of the dark. The nighttime is not our friend. Um, you know, we're not foxes, we're not owls. And so the nighttime is an unfamiliar, threatening environment for us because we lose a lot of our senses. Right. You know, our sense of our, our most important sense for many people, the, the sense of sight and vision is is denied us or is or is in. Um, greatly decreased at night and so we feel more more vulnerable more threatened so our yeah. senses they alter and you know the nighttime for humans is a scary place we don't see well in the dark we can't use um sound as well to locate ourselves or to locate the source of a sound because we don't just listen with our ears but on the other hand, people who mm. believe it is will say the best time for paranormal like is nighttime because your receptors are free from distractions and you uh, don't can't use your very uh, like your eyesight is, is not as good at night. So you, you make up with other things that you couldn't possibly uh, use in the daytime as much. That, so that like what? Oh, that sixth sense, of course, and you know. Yeah, because all, knowing, all of you, I mean, knowing, knowing that beer is in the back of the cave. Mm. Well, you know, all our other senses operate, but um, yeah, our senses don't operate individually. Uh, you know, particularly like, for example, the sense of hearing. We use our eyes to hear. It's, mm-hmm. If you take a, a, an audio recorder and you take it to um, a bar and you set it down on a table and you have two or three friends and you hold a conversation, you can all converse, and it's a noisy bar. You mm-hmm. can all talk quite happily and understand one another and hear what each one of you is saying. Be, but if you play back the recorder, you will just hear a jumble of noise and sound because the recorder is only faithfully recording the sound. Just it's, not, it's not doing the mental gymnastics that our brain do does because it's also lip reading it's using body language it's selectively Mm -hmm. uh, picking out the words that somebody's saying the audio recorder can't do any of that so at night 
we do lose directionality to our sound. So sound can, where was that? What was that noise? Where did it come from? But the main, the main, obviously the main sense that's affected is our visual sense. And so, that's the sense that we rely upon. So do you think that when we, we have that experience, we have a sound we can't identify, do we, is it because our, our experiences in growing up and, and beliefs and, you know, seeing Harvey movies or, or so forth that, that must be, or, or even our religious beliefs, beliefs or, or even our experiences in a, in a city where we're, we're unsure that we, we begin to, you know, almost uh, look for something without even really identifying it, but it must be that because, you know, I had this, you know, uh, the priest said this, or, or uh, I saw in a movie that, you know, this guy got hurt, that sounded like that sound. Are we, are we drawing on, on our, our, just our worldly experiences and, trying to fill in that gap that it's missing blame your parents because do you remember when you were a small boy if you don't go to sleep the boogeyman will get, get you yeah and so you know we, from quite a young age we're actually conditioned that the nighttime becomes a threatening environment in addition to those lost senses mm. it's reinforced it's reinforced on every child from a very young age you know, don't get out of bed. Mummy and daddy are doing stuff uh, or they're, you know, this time of year, they're wrapping presents or being secretive or God forbid having, having. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> that, uh, bits. And <laughs> got one in there. So, so, you know, you are kind of taught that nighttime is a scary place. If you go to a, uh, a big city, go to London. Um, not that you've ever been, but if you go to London by day, it's just a bustling, big, big, big city. At night, it's full of dark alleyways and the streets are emptier and it becomes more unusual, more disconcerting. And so we feel, so we become more aware of threat. So we're looking around, what's that person doing? Why are they walking that way? What's down that dark alleyway I can't see down there? what's lurking down there and that that plays into the movies and those movies and, and stories they build upon what our parents used to tell us as kids about nighttime and so it it kind of you know it's cultural it's sociological this this fear and then if you if you're into the paranormal of course all the good all of the best ghost stories happen at night yeah, if you're, yeah, the stories, yeah, the fiction. Well, not just the fiction. There is many, many accounts from. But there, are, there real... are many accounts of of ghosts haunting in the daytime. There many, are, many but, accounts. But there are far more. If you if you look at, for example. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to agree with you that you say there'd be five more at night. I think there are five more beliefs that there are, are at night than there are in the daytime. But... Well, documentary, documentarily speaking. Yes, sir. There are far, there are more reports at night, and that's really? because well, that's just a plain fact. If you look at, for example, back in the nineteen, pardon? 
What's your sauce? You said it's a plain pack. You must I was about to tell you the sauce, but then you interrupted and I said, pardon. Well, excuse me. Back in the 19, I think it was the 1930s, Lord Halifax um, collected together many, many ghost stories, true ghost stories from um, his fellow landed gentry. And it was called Lord Halifax's Ghost Book because it was written down eventually by his son um, and published. Now, these are um, phantoms and apparitions seen in many of you know the stately homes of Britain. And almost every single one of them is a nighttime experience. If we look at Thurston Hall, Thurston Hall, if we look at Enfield, uh, most of the... What about the Brown Lady Ringham? Well, that was daytime. The, mm-hmm. I, I didn't say every case took place at night, but there is a predomination of cases by night because you have the human factor. What you might, if you if you are sitting watching television, watching daytime television, and you hear a, a noise within your house, could have been the central heating, could be the cat jumping off the bed, could be an item falling off a, off a shelf, um, 101 things. You'll pay it some attention. You may even, you know, oh, I'll, I'll check that out. But by night, you hear a similar sound and you're alone in the house. It's more threatening. It's possibly somebody breaking in. It's possibly paranormal. Yeah, but that's... Because it's the way we interpret the same event. Right. It always comes down to how we interpret an event. If we see a light in the sky and we interpret it as a jet plane, or do we interpret it as a UFO? Right. Once again, it depends on your beliefs. Exactly. And those beliefs are programmed in very early on in life. Mm-hmm. And it's not surprising, therefore, that most ghost stories are by night. And that's why most of the ghost stories are at night. So, yes, absolutely. Some happen in the day, some happen in the morning, some in the afternoon, some in the early hours of the morning. But statistically, between 11 p.m. and about 4 a.m., with more between about 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., that's when the majority, but not all, experiences are reported. Now, we go back and we look at... uh look at phantasms of the living as well. You know, you, you talk about 2 a.m. We're talking about the witching hour, the famous witching hour. And th- that in itself is just a... Uh, I mean, it goes back to like 1535 when the Catholic Church prohibited activities between 3 and 4 a.m. due to... Uh, fears of witchcraft at the time. It was also known as the Devil's Hour because it was associated with um, as a a mocking inversion of the the time that Christ died. But uh, you know that's all. You know, there's there's no proof in that. That's all. It was. It's another one of those lives. Well, there is, well, there is proof um, because we we now understand that our body has biorhythms. 
and those biorhythms peak and they trough. And one of the biggest troughs is at night um, between about the hours of 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. And that's when statistically most people are likely to die. Also, interestingly, this idea of sleep, we go to bed um, well late, we get up early, we, we stay awake, we watch television, um, we do radio shows, we do whatever we do until quite late at night. Now, that's actually quite a new innovation in human terms because human beings were not creatures of the night. We tended earlier in our history to go to bed when it went dark and get up when it went light. But so quite why, are there, why are there more reports of ghosts according to you at nighttime if we were sleeping all the time? Well, I'm about to say, interestingly, there was a, um, some relatively recent research because the way the biorhythm interacts with the sleep cycle means that, and this was quite well known about, it was written about in the 17th century, and uh, the phenomena was, well, not the phenomena, but the, the human experience was described as you would go to bed when it went dark. Right. And you would, you would then, uh, that was called the first sleep or the little sleep. And then at about midnight till about 3 a.m., you would wake up again. And um, who is the guy that, Samuel Pepys actually wrote about it. Uh, it was quite common at that time. You would wake up um, after your first sleep or the little sleep. And so late at night, 11 p.m., midnight, you'd get up, you would do work, uh, not physical work, but, you know, you would write your letters or read, or you would even sometimes go, go and visit friends. And then... At about 4 a.m., you would go for your second sleep. And that was actually part of the way that the biorhythm and the sleep cycle interacted with one another. So we were actually going to sleep, then we would wake up, and then we would go to sleep again. And that's that's why, or that's one of the reasons why people think that, you know, when insomniacs get completely skewed up, that the biorhythm and their sleep cycles are completely out of kilter with one another. Well, and it's why a lot of being people... out of kilter, we've got to take a break. So oh, we'll okay. be out of kilter. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International. If you're still awake or in your little sleep, I'm not sure. Uh, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Memorick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts. The Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member like Kemba did and uh, get access to exclusive stuff right here on uh, Ghost Chronicles. So tune in after your common sleep and uh, catch up with the second half of the show. We'll be right back after the following message here on Tojinet. Welcome to Tokinet. 
Radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town where nothing is a common occurrence. You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turn 18 once. That is until the night of celebration. Where the hell is she? Oh no. No, 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 Jessica! What? From the creators of Shadowhunters, fighting me, comes a tale of primal terror. Grind called mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica, kill! <laughs> Second part of part two of the Ghost Chronicles International Wines with Ron and Steve. Yeah, you love that, don't you? I can tell. And we're not in central from. Well, we could so, we could have Shadow, Shadow Hunters, Sleepy Town, Illinois. Anyway, um, and looking at oh. a a survey, uh, a survey on home services, so. What are the traits of a haunted house? So, we, you know, people say, well, my house is haunted. Well, what do other people say? So this is the choices. Uh, freestanding home. Uh, Isn't it from, usually uh, kitchen chairs balancing on, on tables? No, no, no. I'm talking about what, what library the, books uh, stacking themselves. What the house house is actually like. So it's a freestanding house, 55%. Uh, report haunted in an apartment, 23%, in a townhouse or condo, 22%. So and then it goes, breaks it down even more to number of stories. Uh, this is American, so that you take it for what it was. It's different in the UK. Two stories is 49%, one story, 46%. So it doesn't matter if it's one or two, evidently. Split level, nobody, I guess ghosts don't like split level, only 5%. And then it breaks it down even further into the type of house. Farmhouse, 27%. Contemporary or industrial modern, 16%. And a cottage, only 14%. 
So farmhouse is the number one on the top of that one. So I don't know. It's you think it's the same in the UK? Um, I think we've imported a lot from America in terms of um, what the archetypal haunted house looks like. An awful lot of them, actually, you know, if you look at Hollywood, you've got, mm-hmm. of course, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. The Warren did it. The Warrens did it. Um, we had the nice lady on the show. Um, uh, it's in Rhode Island. Um, got me. What? You got me. Just keep no. going. Come on. You're doing, You're doing fine. Andrea was the name of the lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Conjuring House. There you go, the Conjuring House. You see, we have the sort of movie image of a haunted house, which is, and you get it from, you know, that TV show, The American Haunting as well. Yeah, they're always in the Midwest. It's always autumn. There's always a swing in the yard. There's Mm -hmm. always one kid. The house is usually, you know, a clabbered house, shingles on the roof and you know it's the one house at the end of the long driveway that that same illusion was was reinforcing ghostbusters afterlife as well wasn't it yeah i guess it was so you know so this survey went into many apartments in new york yeah so the survey went into a little deeper and actually for the people who claim they had paranormal experiences they asked them what they were doing before they had their paranormal experience with your part so well that's that's on there but uh the number one you want to guess it uh nothing at all uh, re- remodeling nope they brought a haunted object into the house okay so that was the number one number two not in this house it's not <laughs> on mine on number two they were listening to Ghost Chronicles International. No, wow. <laughs> they were uh, listening to a ghost story. So, I thought I thought listening to Ghost Chronicles would have been um, no, that would have yeah, been a cert for exorcism. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, number three is your Ouija board, and number wow. four. Oh, by the way, it was thirty-five uh, percent that they brought a haunted object on the house. How 30%? did they know that the object was haunted when they brought it? Seventy was the total. Uh, or they bought it because it was haunted. Anyways, uh, they listened to a ghost story. They went story. to the John Zaffis Emporium. Oh, yeah. They went to see the paranormal couple. Um, so the 30% was a ghost story, and Ouija board was 27 And 22% was your other choice, uh, remodeling the house. And then now, inter- now, interestingly, in the UK, that's slightly different because um, it's anecdotal. Uh, there is no there is no numbers for this, but from experience and from speaking to people, remodeling is right up there for making things happen, making weird stuff start to happen. Yeah, they, this is based on the people who reported the experience and their that the the particular group study. Uh, you know, so it, it may be over a, a greater uh, base. It, it, it might be different. Uh, they also, uh, 22% was reading a ghost story online. What happened to books? Nobody reads books anymore? No. Are they wa- at 22% again was watching a scary movie on TV. Big as that. Oh, wait a minute. At 16%, watch the ghost hunting show. 
Okay. I can't say I'm surprised because there you have the trigger. Hmm. You know, if if uh, you think back, the the Ouija board used to be a parlor game. In fact, it was a dating game. Um, yes, originally. it was because you get to um, touch knees with, with that's your. Right, that's yeah. right. Um, you get to touch bits with people. Bits, yes. I'm glad you snuck another one in. Good boy. They. Um, but then Hollywood took over, didn't it, and turned the Ouija board into something much more sinister. Yeah, they did. And uh, coming in uh, just at 15% is they used the Ouija board outside the house. So you got 27 and 15. So you throw those together, that would be a number one, uh, Steve. So if yeah. you're using the Ouija board outside or inside the house. Uh, it Unless it's it raining goes. because the cardboard just gets. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I at 9%, they took a haunted tour or he visited a haunted location. But I mean, all of that just shows you um, that apparit- uh, haunted experiences mm-hmm. tend to be cultural and learned behavior. And that's that's not surprising, really. You know, we go back to the first half of the show before we went to Sleepy Illinois, and you we were discussing, you know, what our parents used to say and how we don't function well at night. Right. And then you add in um, something that is a trigger, a Ouija board experience where one of the participants may have been giving it a helpful shove or an unfamiliar environment where you're doing the Ouija board, or just, you know, a scary, absorbing movie, book, uh, online audio book, you know, it's the 23rd century. So. Yeah, like Ghost Chronicles, or more Ghost Chronicles. Yeah, and there you have the final straw that that causes the, the, the house, of, house of cards to fall. Mm. So there you go. You've just got to find the right trigger. And you kind of do, it's kind of like when you're doing a public access ghost hunt where you want to try and invoke a scare the bejesus moment out of the clients because that's why they're there anyway. Yeah, most you know, of them are, yeah. So what you look for is trying to, you, you press those triggers. You hold them at night. You bring in some of those gadgets like the Ouija board. You You share spooky stories mm-hmm. and you you wait for one of the, the dominoes to fall and then when one domino falls the next domino next to it will go and eventually you guarantee that everybody there will have a really good night mm-hmm. and that the event's successful and you've raised an awful lot of money for either your group's funds or for charity right and uh so yeah it's- because all paranormal groups, of course, are strictly not 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 for profit. Yeah, Paul. Well, they they emphasize that in their advertising. I know they all say that. Work. It's only because I can't make a freaking profit. I hate to tell you. <laughs> well, they can't say they're making a profit. Well, they can't, anyways. And trust me, I've been doing it long enough. <laughs> Perhaps you're doing it wrong because there's plenty of groups that are doing it. Yeah. Well. Well, I mean, it's what you I know define what you're as. Saying. A, I I get it, but yeah, it's what you define as a profit. Because are you, you know, say your hobby is 
going around spooky buildings at night and you want to go to Eastern State Penitentiary and it costs $800, well, that's a lot of money. But if you can get a group, a bunch of people and you can take them around there and you can, you get to go free because you've factored the costs in and you pocket a couple hundred bucks at the end of it. Purely yeah. for research purposes, of course, you know, because you're not profit. Like dining with the dead. You. So you get people to fund your hobby. That's not a bad thing. No. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, making a small profit is a bad thing. But when you are publicly saying you, you are non, non-profit or you are publicly saying this is a real investigation, then mm-hmm. I I do have some issues, got to be admitted. So people who had these experiences, they they said, okay, you you had paranormal experiences, but what are these paranormal experiences? So I like this survey, by the way, it, it breaks it down. I think it could be expanded upon, but anyway. So what are the uh, experiences that you? They're paranormal experiences, right? So you got to remember that. Uh, the first one. You want to guess? Well, I'm just looking at the headline on the TV news at the moment. Uh, one in 600 teenagers now identifies as trans. There you uh, go. A 200, a 2,000% increase. Is that a paranormal experience? Uh, possibly. Okay, back to the hours. Number one uh, paranormal experience that these people have reported. Yes, Steve. Number one, it's going to be sound or smell. It is sound. I will give you that. Hearing sound is number one at 46%. So people who reported the paranormal experiences, 46% of them heard paranormal sound, I guess. I guess yeah, they heard the sound. Yeah. And number, they interpreted it as being paranormal. Yeah. Number two was lights turning on and off. Okay. Okay, at 42%. So those are high for something that's... Um, Well, hearing sound, yeah, I I think that would be easily number one. Um, Lights turning themselves on and off? Well, blame the electric company. You you got actually a a lot of things that occur could occur occur in that just not just that could be be, like simplest thing is is forgetfulness. I thought I turned that light off, but yeah. But even like even even you know the power the power grid is not stable all of the time. It fluctuates and and it causes lights to yeah. Usually they have lights turning off. It's not the whole house. It's usually just a particular area or whatever. That's malfunctioning switches. That could be. I mean, this this doesn't. In fact, uh, when I was in the beach house, um, on the the don't the scare cell, me now. I might have to go back there. In the cellar <laughs> of the first beach house. Oh God. Um, the the kitchen. You know the 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 light at the the end nearest the kitchen. Although it was yeah. all one big room, but there was a kitchen end of it. There was yeah. a light down that end. Yeah. Um, that would actually turn itself off occasionally. And the reason for that was the switch by the door would was quite sticky and it would it the rocker on the switch wouldn't fully complete the cycle between on and off. And and then it would. 
um, as you you know as the contacts and that switch also had another switch on the cellar stairs so if you were going to the laundry room you hit the wrong switch yeah i'm aware of that but this mm. would actually do it by itself um, because mm. it was the door switch on the entry door as well okay so. fair enough number three hearing voices now that's that, common that is is very common and we we hear it all the time it's it's once again i i to me that unless they're screaming your name in the ear uh then you know it, it's so much of a audio power paradola uh because you know the, the most simple thing is that you know put on a fan and listen you'll hear voices or music or same with uh i i don't think the voices i i I don't think the voices are clear and distinct. I think most commonly, um, and I'm not disagreeing with you about voices, mm. it's of people talking either in whispered tones. Um, though I can't make out quite what they're saying, but they sound like they're... There you go. So, yeah, um, there you have the classic um, audio, audio paradolia. Yeah. Um, and you see that, I mean, you, you hear that in, in descriptions. I couldn't make out what they were saying, um, but they sounded like voices. Uh, mm. Voices speaking to me from the next room or from upstairs or across the way. And, you know, the interesting thing, too, is, you know, a lot of people report hearing their name. And yeah. that's that's an intriguing thing. Now, I'm not saying this is it, but... Well, you we also have hypno hypno... Yeah, exactly. Experiences. I mean, it, it's it's fairly well documented that you know just at the moment you're falling asleep, and I'm sure yep. you're going to say it's happened to you because it's happened to me and it's happened to mm. most people I know. Mm. You you suddenly snap awake, and as if somebody's called your voice, called your yep. name. Yep. And that's just. I mean, it's a well documented phenomena of the brain um, as it shuts down to go to sleep. Bits of it are still firing, and part yeah, of the audio. You also, there are also work. reports that I know that you experienced one at uh, Fort Constitution. Uh, you heard somebody call your name when there was yes. that one. Yeah. 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 yeah, So it does occur. Absolutely, but, it occurs. But we 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 don't know the source of it. That's the difficult part. Is it something that we really heard, or is it something we think we heard? You know what I mean? It's just. Uh, well, that's, that's it, because when you ask somebody, even to, when you've had an experience yourself, there is still that element of self-doubt. Like, did I really hear that? Or did I imagine I really heard that? You know, the brain isn't sure of what the sound was, but it's identified it as something. And then the, then it starts to question itself. And it's like, I just heard my name called, but it didn't sound... Like, was it, did I really hear it or did I imagine I heard it? Right. It's, but well, it, also it, it has been reported. I mean, that's no doubt. Oh, I, God, mean, yeah. Absolutely. I know even my wife has reported it a couple yeah. of times to me that she tried um, me call her and I, I haven't called her. So, yeah, no, it happens in this house fairly often. Um, yeah. My wife calls me and I don't answer. And <laughs> 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 You're moving I'm, right I'm along. Sorry, darling, I didn't hear you. Didn't hear you. Yeah. Didn't you hear sure you. it was me? Must have been a ghost. Uh, no. Anyways, number four would be turn the television on and off. That's yeah. 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 Since the advent of the remote control, 
Yeah. You can, you can Did you used to play that game as a youngster with the first remotes? Oh, the liquor yeah. remotes? Yes. Just wait, just before the team scored. Oh, oh John's changed. Mm. <laughs> now, of course, you can do it with your smartphone. That was 34. At uh, 31% was doors opening and closing. Again, not a surprise because every time we open the front door, the bedroom door opens. opens. Air pressure changes can easily explain that one. Yeah. And then moving on, we go to uh, music turning on and off. Well, yeah. I'm surprised smells, I hate that song. <laughs> I, smells are much more common. And I'm surprised you haven't you brought know, that up. It isn't even on the list, Steve. I'm going to be quite That's frank really surprising because it's, it's fairly well... This, you know, this is this particular survey. So I'm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, I, maybe, maybe times have changed because you know, back in the day, smells were way up there. Um, no, it isn't even on the list, Steve. So uh, no one reported according to this survey. Wow. Which no is, tobacco smoke. No. No, the usual suspects. Or, yeah, I know. Yeah. Perfume or whatever, you know. Yeah, a waft Flowers. of. And yeah. a, a, a waft of. Which I recognized immediately as being my grandmother. Sulfur. There's always lavender. Oh, yeah, lavender too. So now we're getting to, I mean, getting by. It smells like my grandmother because she just smells of piss. (laughs) Uh, They're about. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever says that about Granny. I, oh, I, I, I smelt lavender. It reminded me of my grandmother. No. Oh, I, oh dear God. The cat litter needs changing. That reminds I, me of grandmother. I saw this this clip <laughs> on, on Facebook and, and it just reminded me. I'm sorry. And it, it has nothing to do with anything. But it was one of those little clips and they had these four uh, meds, uh, four punks going into a, a UK uh, uh, shop and cutting the front of the line and, and asking for a hamburger uh, or whatever. And then there's a guy there, I think he's Irish, and he turns around and he says, take two steps back. You, the, you sound, smells like you uh, missed your uh, mouthwash with cat piss. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and he goes and he teaches these four kids a lesson. But that's another story. But it, it just reminded me. I had never thought of that but until you said it. <laughs> anyway. I, yeah. I, never say, I never would associate my, say my, my or anybody's grandmother with the smell of lavender. Well, no. I worked. I worked in a nursing home, so. So grandmothers uh, don't smell of lavender. No, they don't. Uh, so about twenty-seven percent. Now, under the twenty percent mark, these are all under the twenty percent mark, and objects breaking at eighteen percent. That's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Appliances turning off. That can go back with the other ones. Uh, cabinets opening. That can go with the doors. Um, well, actually, that can also just go with the cabinets being badly fitted. Yeah, um, well, the magnetic catch a little. Well, a little we we have a, we have a kitchen cabinet that regularly opens itself because the two doors, are, one of them is slightly misaligned with the other, and you, when you close them together, they stay yep. shut. But then, movement around the kitchen and one of the, once they slip apart because they're in the whole house yeah you do have that yeah room. and because they're melamine so they're you know they're not grippy yeah as soon as they lose adhesion the spring catch forces the door and it will swing open yeah. that's not paranormal yeah but i mean so it's, it's it's fun to see the first few times it happens though. yeah 
Uh, number 14% is your favorite seeing orbs. Well, I thought that would have been higher, but I'm grateful that it's not. But I mean, it's, I guess they're talking about physically seeing orbs. I think that's intriguing in itself. I mean, well, wait until you read Paravision. Uh, yeah. All right, moving right along. Uh, doors locking and unlocking, that's, that's anything, really. Forgetfulness is one. Well, or the door is a wooden door, and, and as, it, the, as the moisture um, in the atmosphere oh, yeah. on humid days, so, so the wood expands slightly and sticks, mm -hmm. and then the door appears locked when it's actually just jammed. Mm -hmm. I speak from experience. Yeah, I, I agree. I have a door. We have, a, we, have, we have a front door that does does that. Some days it's like Yeah, in the, 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 the summertime, they, they stick, like, and Dad, in the wintertime, they dry out. Yeah, Dad, you've locked us out. Mm. I haven't locked you out. The door's it's just open. locked. Give it a shove. Oh, I don't want to work. <laughs> anyway, uh, now this is objects moving. Uh, that's a tough one. I don't know what the objects were or how far they moved or whatever. So that could be anything as well. As you proved, as Anne proved, I believe. Uh, she did had. with the statue in Manchester. Yeah, the statue oh, in Manchester. Uh... Yeah. But now we get to the serious stuff. Oh. 10% seeing ghosts. That is unusual. That is, yeah, that's why, you know. And that's it's how it should be. 10%. I'm glad it's, well, yeah. you know, it's slightly higher than even I would have thought because apparition uh, depends on the nature of the apparition. Mm -hmm. You know, is it is it a corner of the eye glancing or saw a figure standing there or is it a full, you know, facing, full-bodied class yeah, five? Yeah, let's explain that a little better too. It would be yeah, nice. is I it mean, a class five full vapor? <laughs> and then uh, the next one, right, there with it and i i believe that would be to me that would be i i think seeing this would be more well i mean go back to the apparitions wasn't that very similar to your experience at constitution and the which, gun director tower in which way the figure walking around the window yeah and also what the coast guard officers had said yeah i mean yeah there was a correlation to it but yeah, yeah. It was thing. The next one I think is to me would be more impressive than seeing ghosts, because seeing ghosts you still you still think, well, okay, did I really two see people that? seeing ghosts? Yeah, three people, a whole group. Of... The next thought, thing, objects levitating. Now that would be interesting to me. I've never seen it. Me neither. And I would be most interested to see it. Yeah, and in fact, I don't think I've ever heard it reported. In all the years of all the haunted houses, in the I've seances, you hear it. Yeah, but we're talking about haunted houses. In okay, every, right. in hundreds of haunted houses, I have never ever encountered a levitating. I've seen objects thrown. Yep, um, I've seen that. So that book go flying across. But never, never levitating. You know what amazed me? This is, I mean, we're almost out of time too, so believe it or not. Um, almost to the last one, 7%. And I, I understand, can't figure out why this is so low. Unexplained temperature changes. Because nobody measure, measures temperature anymore. 
But they always say, oh, it turned icy cold. They do. I, and yeah, I mean, as an experience, it should be right up there. Right That's at what the I think. Yeah. But maybe it gets overshadowed by another experience because they usually happen together, don't they? You know, the room went icy cold. I heard a sound and then the room went icy cold. And if you look at all the movies, you always get the breath, don't you? Just okay. We, we just got a minute, minute less. I'm going to run down the last... Uh, where are the most uh, experiences occur? The living room, 33%. The bedroom, 31%. The kitchen, 7%. Uh, what kind of social settings? Alone, 51%. With others, but they didn't experience it, 29%. With others who also experienced it, 20%. That's intriguing. Months, they broke it down to months. 14% in June, 13 We've broken in, it down in time as well because we just run out. Speaking about times, 2 to 3 in the morning, 8%. One to two in the morning, eight percent, nine to ten a.m. No, whatever. We gotta go. All right. Thank you for listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Stephen and Ron. We'll be back next week. Stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Told You That and we're all good podcasts that play. Good night, everyone. God bless. Good night, God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.